how can you make yourself completely recession proof, recession, recession proof, <laughs> raw and unedited. Tune in today and find out on the episode of the Knowledge Boner Experience. So what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge Boner Experience. We were uh, kind of sitting here brainstorming some topics, and um, um, Wally and Fung came up with a really good one. Um, since everyone's kind of ranting and, and raving about the market, uh, dipping. I know we did an episode on on the crypto market kind of tanking, but it seems like we're kind of in a state of a recession. So uh, first of all, Fung, what tell us about like what kind of happened and what what kind of made your your brain go like this would be a really good topic to talk about. Like what's kind of going on in y'all's world right now in the space? Yeah, just kind of uh, kind of give context to uh, to that before we get to like how I found the video and like why the topic even came about. Um, we're just looking at Wally and I, we sit around and talk all the time just about like future plans. Like what can you be doing to do revenue generating activities and um, how to maximize your time in those areas. And so, right. And then what we got the topic that we have been chatting back and forth for the last couple of weeks, essentially is just what's happening in the market. Right. And then we hear everyone else in the space that are around us in our communities talking about the market, talking about like, you know, where I'm going to, where am I going to make income and stuff like that? They're, I mean, they're like out there hustling and bustling right now, really figuring out what it is that they're trying to do. And so shout out to actually, uh, to value Tainment and Patrick Beck David. Uh, he did a video just a few days ago talking about the difference between a market crash and a recession. And so I started, um, yeah, I ended up like putting it on the podcast. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my, it's on my watch list. That's funny that you bring it up. I literally just saw this like yesterday and I was like, oh, I got to watch that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the that's why the topic came up because we were started watching it and then like he made such say made such interesting correlations of like what happened in the market while he was building his entrepreneur career and building his empire and the things that he was doing, right, in order to become recession proof. And like the difference between like what's like the market and market crash is is, is a manipulation thing, right? Like people who who short the market, short these companies and stuff like that. Kind of like, you know, what uh, Microsoft is doing to Tesla right now, right? Bill Gates got a short on Tesla and he's just waiting for Tesla to come all the way down. So then that way he can continue to short the market. But Elon's not going to let that happen, right? Because he's got other ways of generating revenue to boost that that branding up, right? And so that's that's what a market crash is. But if you look at what a recession is, right? And you have to look at like some of the top companies that are, what's what are they doing as far as like, in their business. And so Patrick Beck David ended up showing like Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, Tesla, Ford, all these companies, they were all dipping at about 30 to 35% in the market over the last like two and a half years, right? He said, all these companies are, are at a loss and showing a dip in the market. And so those are indications of a recession coming in, right? A recession of these big companies um, are like, pretty much what they're doing is selling their shit out to hold on some cash right so they they know that a recession is coming up you know they've these guys who have like did these analysis and things like that they've been in goldman sachs and these higher companies for the last you know four decades right so they've seen these patterns and things like that that have happened before so yeah that's how the topic ended up coming out and then me and wally were just sitting there just like, holy crap, what we're doing as far as like entrepreneurship, how we're building our community, going more skills-based, like we've may have found a, a recipe to be like recession-proof, right? And not only that, like anytime that you're feeling 
discouraged that you may not have income coming in or something like that. Like the, 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 the mindset that, you know, all three of us embody, right. Is, is that, you know, we learned a skill to in order to like provide for ourselves. Yeah. And then to hop in for just a second. Uh, so like to, to give context to what, like how to define a recession, right? So it's two, it's two successful quarters in a row where, where the market is in decline. So we already had one, one quarter with a, with a very large decline around 30%. And so we're, and we're already heading towards like a decline. It's going to call in like next month, you know, yep. they're not going to call the end of the quarter till July. So as somebody who's been been through it right so the last major recession um god i hate to say this because it makes me feel freaking old (laughs) i know man tell me about Uh, it back in 2008 right i was actually i was active duty in the military and i remember uh, when the recession had happened and it's so funny it's what's crazy is like going through it again a second time is the headlines the panic the same like you know, thing from the media and everything that everyone goes through, like, oh my gosh, he's like never been through one. It's just like, okay, everything's going to be fine. Everything ended up, it was bad. People bought. Um, I remember my supervisors who had like their stuff in like 401ks, like panicking. And I was just reading books at the time on investing and they're like, oh, we lost all this money. And then um, I'm like, oh, well, it's an opportunity to actually just get into the market, like super cheap and stuff. And she goes, oh, we already got out. And I'm like, well, no, then you literally lost all your money. Why would you, why in the world would you just taking everything out when everything's dipping down? Like, yeah, of course you're at a loss. Like that makes zero sense. Like, but what's interesting is uh, I saw uh, it was, uh, I think Robert Kiyosaki talked about this and, uh, and Warren Buffett. Um, what people don't understand is the opportunity of now in the recession. Like if you combine all the wealth over a period of time from Robert Kiyosaki, he says he made the most amount, like, like over 80 plus percent of his income, like came from the last 2008 recession. Yep. Right. Just like boomed. Right. Patrick so, by David too. Patrick yeah, David too. It, exactly. So like while people, and it's funny because in these type of cases, right. I know like it, people are polarizing in the marketplace, right. You see people like Grant Cardone saying cash is trash. Right. But the, the wisest billionaires in the world are literally stacking and setting aside. And they know when, when to take out and hold cash because they're waiting for now. Right yep. now. I mean, yep. like imagine, imagine if Ethereum right now drops down to $500 a pop. Like if, if it hits five hundred dollars, I'm buying. Like it's see. already past my line, dude. Honestly, one hundred percent. This is not financial advice. I yeah. think it actually may come down to about eight hundred. Like really, interesting. Yeah, it's already, it, it hit twelve hundred. But let, let's talk about it, right? For those that have never been through one before, um, and kind of like in panic mode and don't understand the the true opportunity here, um, I think that. The missed opportunity that sucks about going through a recession is if you don't have a lot of stacked money, it's like a huge missed opportunity, right? Um, I'm kind of yeah. bummed in the being you in the process myself of having to buy a freaking house and, and drop all the money. Now I see everything tanking. I'm like, I almost want to kind of like cancel it and then just take the money and put it into the market just because of the opportunity <laughs> there. But let let kind of walk people through that are, that are listening, right? If they've never been through one before, um, kind of explain why the, why the panic and also uh, how they can turn a negative into a positive and why they should view this as an opportunity. Yeah. So the, I would say that the, that overall, the, the biggest problem that, that that's going to be happening now is that is just um, the overvalued of everything, right? You know, mm-hmm. workers are overvalued, contractors are overvalued, pretty much everybody is overvalued at, at this particular moment in terms of the services and different things like that. So when, when an economic like recession like this happens, right? Like businesses are going to have a lot harder time 
paying somebody $25,000 to do their marketing services if they don't have the proof and credibility to back it up, right? Um, and so, so what we're going to see is like, like you, need, you need actual skills, right? And people that didn't develop those or got lucky or have shitty services or, or things like that are going to probably suffer from, from the recession, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. The other side to think about too is just um, cash is king in the recession. Right. So, so meaning like, like you want to have that liquidity to be able to invest in something at a discount, you know, um, like you want to be cash heavy so that you can see the opportunities and, and, and take those. Um, and that's like the opposite advice to what people will tell you. They'll be like, oh yeah, like, you know, oh, say, you know, conserve your cash. Don't spend on anything, you know, like don't, don't just, just buy groceries. Don't, don't actually invest in, in different things like that. Um, now, and then the problem that comes in with, with all of this is that, you know, let's say you lose your job, Right. And then you're all of a sudden now you're all stuck in conversation, like not conversation, but uh, conservation mode, right? Where you're like, okay, I want to conserve, I want to pull these pennies, all this stuff like this. Um, now you're not putting money into the like the economy, right? You're, you're literally just putting money in very specific places. So the way the money moves is going to be a lot different in the recession too, in terms of how people want to choose their spending. Um, does that make sense? For sure. Okay. So what, if, if someone's listening to this now, let's say they're a startup entrepreneur, right? They're kind of like developing their skills and stuff. What, what should they, should they be doing right now? Should they be capitalizing on the market or still hundred percent investing into their skills? Good question. So I think that, I think that if you are like right now, uh, if, if you have money from your job or whatever, and, and like, let's say you're a startup, but you had money, you should definitely look for some upsides. I think that you're always going to do better developing your skills though. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like if your skills at this point aren't enough for you to like generate at least two or three, $4,000 by yourself um, without a job or something like that, then that would be something that I would be, be working on like, like day in, day out as much as possible. Because um, the reality is that, is that you could lose your job right now. Right. I mean, you just like company could say, yep, we're, we're, we're firing a bunch of people and you're part of that. And so like, and so as a part of that, there are also going to be other companies that are firing, but not not hiring, right? Because they're trying to, you know, they're trying to reduce their expenses. So you as a, as a, as a person, you need to have some skills so that you can always extract money from either in either businesses or individuals um, so that you can make money for yourself. Um, actually, one interesting point that I think is, uh, is cool is you'll notice that a lot of these big guys that, that talk about like how to make money in the recession, they actually started their businesses in a recession. They actually started yep. it in the recession. Which I think is like, you know, that that's definitely the exact opposite of what somebody like the normal advice would be. They'd be like, oh, are you crazy? Why would you start a business during a recession? But these guys did it and they like knocked it out of the park, right? Um, yeah. And part of that is, is, is them relying on their skills, right? They developed a really good skill set that, that allowed them to, to, to make money and then capitalize on that um, going into the recession. So. I should, uh, yeah. I should, I should, I should pivot on that and, and capitalize the market. Now that we're going into a recession, normal marketing strategies aren't going to work, but you know what will you absolutely need a sales team during a recession. Well, <laughs> really, to, really start to hammering your, sales team. To your point, actually the piggyback off of both of those, right? So you kind of think about um, to give context just in a, a macro level, in my opinion, like what the pandemic did when COVID first came about, right? It exposed terrible leaders, right? We did a pod, we did a podcast episode on that, like people who weren't willing to step up and like lead people through this uh, situation of a pandemic really like affected businesses. And, you know, not only that affected people's personal lives at that too, right? Just showing that the lack of leadership was important. Now with the recession that, that we're going into, right? Like it'll expose people who don't have skills, 
right? The skills that, you know, that really like will provide you income and things like that. It's like, for example, um, you know, some of these IT jobs and things like that, that maybe people will be getting out there, like aren't going to be as heavy and they're not going to pay you as much, right? But you know what companies will pay you more is these trade blue collar companies, right? There's going to be need plumbers. There's going to be electricians that need to be needed and stuff like that. And those are hard technical skills that can be monetized, right? Like um, me and Wally know a million dollar plumber, right? And he got a, he's got a cap on the market. Yeah, he's, we know a million dollar AC repair guy, right? They got a cap on the market because he has that hard skills, but then understood where to invest his money. Now they're such big like community people, like they, they give back to their community all the time, right? But they, they've always had those skills to rely back on. And then they, they were able to, to think that through, right? Uh, Patrick Bay David, in his, uh, his episode, right, he talked about like uh, during 2008 when he was just uh, working as a stock guy and he, all he had to do was stack cash, right? Before he made his move into like the entrepreneurship business world, stuff like that, he was making investments, but he had half a million dollars cash. <laughs> like he, he had half a million, he said it in the video, I had half a million dollar to cash. And then it just, during the recession, I just started investing and building my company, building my company because he had the skills already to acquire the income during these these downturns, right? And uh, to, to your point too, you said, you know, back in 2008, God, we're old, Dylan, but back in 2008, right, you were in the military, right? So in 2008, uh, I was knocking on doors going and looking for jobs, like handing out paper resumes, like working at restaurants, working at construction jobs, odd jobs and things like that. Like, I thank, I thank my dad for teaching me those types of hard skills at a young age, because then I was able to really like find my final way to substitute income until I ended up like working in the IT space and like learned a different skill and then worked in the IT world for almost a decade, right? And then now as we hit the re another recession period, I can always go back to construction and I can always go back to IT because this, this stuff is always going to be needed. But I've learned different skills and that that that's going to pay me income. And that's the whole point of like always developing yourselves. And during these times of, during these really hard times that are happening in the world, you should really be focusing on the skills. So that way you can provide a better life for yourself and the ones that you love. So did he say, so did he take, like, I know he had 500 K uh, just stashed aside, but like, did he just like dump it all in, into the market or he just go all in and spend it all on his business? Like what? I don't think he went into, I think, I think there's like a quarter left of the video that I need to watch, but I don't think he really went into the details of like what he did, but he did list out like different types of like strategies essentially that people do during these recessions. Yeah. Damn it. If you guys are listening to this podcast when and you guys have been tuning in and you like it, throw us some shout outs and, and tag Patrick at David. We need to get him on the show. Right. Yeah. Dude, throw, 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 throw us a bone and let's get that man on this show. I love Patrick at David. If he came on and dropped some huge knowledge boner moments, especially like right now, this would be, you know, prime time. You could literally yeah. just ask him himself, but <laughs> it's funny. Um, I, think, I think there is a, a good silver lining with the recession though, in terms of business as well. And I think the silver lining is that there are going to be a lot of people that go out of business. And yeah. so you, if you, if you're of skills and you're the person that, that can like deliver results and stuff, like that should give you some confidence because like you're going to have less competitors, right? Same thing for ad spin. It's like, you know, advertising during typically during recession times is a little cheaper um, for Facebook ads and Google ads and different things like that, because people don't spend as much money on mm -hmm. advertising. So if you have skills, if you have the ability to, to market yourself correctly, like you will, you will capitalize very well into the recession. 
I mean, that's a good mindset to, to kind of think about it instead of being in panic mode. I think that's things that people don't talk about is like the skill factor. Uh, when, when we're at the peak state, it's so easy for people to just go on and you know charge money because everyone has just all this money laying around. They want to go and spend, but then everyone goes in conservation mode. And the people who win are the ones who actually have those skills, right? So, but but this is also a key part where people harp and they're like, oh my gosh, capitalism's so horrible. People are gonna get laid off, and you know, people's like money hungry and blah 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 blah, right? This is actually a part of the market where all the scammers and the fakes and the people with horrible products and stuff are going to lose, right? This is where they are actually going to get dwindled away, and the people that are actually legit entrepreneurs have amazing products have the skills are going to be fruitful and actually win. So if you're watching this and you do have a job and you get laid off, well, um, maybe that company just sucks and it's your opportunity to actually go and find somebody who's winning and you're going to be with the legit company. Right. So yep. I think it's good to see the, the, the positive instead of the negative. Um, because uh, I mean, look at what happened during the pandemic, right? COVID forced people who were in jobs that they hated to like leave. They never, they would literally have stayed there had COVID not happened, right? COVID forced people to get into entrepreneurship and business and start online companies when they fought against it forever, right? And so, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's gonna happen in the next couple of years uh, because of the recession and see what kind of pivots people make. Yeah, I, I really like the the metaphor. Actually, I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, we should just tag Patrick David in this video on, on this whole time, honestly, because the metaphor he used was really, really good. Uh, he talked about forest fires, right? And so you think about like all the forest fires that have happened in general, um, you know, when you see it happen and you see all this growth, these trees that are giants, right? Think of the giant trees in the, in the forest and stuff like that, that are like, bountiful and things like that and then over time there's a market correction right enter a natural fire wildfire that happens and so all these companies aka big trees have been like soaking up all the nutrients and things like that but anytime like a natural like downturn happens and stuff like that all those trees get pushed to the side lehman brothers was a you know well-financed company right they got they got fucking ton like pushed down to the ground they don't even exist anymore Right. One of the wealthiest companies, you know, all these wealthy companies that are told that they will make it in the next like 10, 20 years. I actually no longer existed because of their company culture and things like that. They didn't they didn't really focus on like being recession proof. And so these companies got put to the wayside. But what happens after every natural disaster? Right. New growth. Right. This is the opportunity for like the, the reset. And then you as the person who has really, really like developed skills, when those companies are finally burned down, you are now allowed to thrive because they don't have a cap on the market anymore. Right. All those people that they were employing or had clients with are now up for grabs. So explain that when you, when you say cap on the market, what do you mean? They don't have a cap on the market. Explain what that means. So these big companies, right, they're the ones who are these big companies are more about the commodity play game, right? Versus the value game. So us as entrepreneurs, we play on the value game. And so it's going to be the highest value wins and how much value we can provide to them. So these bigger companies, they're okay playing the commodity race. And it's like the lowest price will win. We'll get you all these results and pay all these things. So that, that gives them like 80% of the market, right? The 80, 20 yeah. part, right? They, they're able to charge the prices that they want. And that's what I mean by they have a cap on the market currently, but the fact that they're like sleazy, they're not giving people right, the right benefits or Maybe it's a, it is a finance company. Like some of these crypto companies right now that are like really big uh, um, are all of a sudden under fire by the SEC and like losing millions and millions of dollars. So people are leaving by the droves. 
right? Like just yeah. uh, one of them being uh, Celsius right now. Like they, they just stopped like, they just stopped recently letting people withdraw from all their funds. And now everyone's like in a panic, like, oh my God, you're, are you holding my funds right now? Like, you know, that's what I mean by having a cap on the market is that they, they ended up capturing all these people in, but their business ethics and morals aren't really aligned with the, the customers. And so they're just going to, they're just going to die. I think that'd be interesting too, especially in y'all's world, right? Cause you, I know you guys know tons of people in our crypto space and it's, it's kind of like that the, the engineer mentality, right? You know, people who are, are very analytical, engineer minded, and, you know, these, these programmers and people who understand the internet and understand blockchain, right? It, it's, it's a difference of having the skill of understanding blockchain versus actually having the skills of marketing and running a company, right? So I think what's going to be interesting is seeing what happens because all these people now who are like riding the wave of it, Right. Because, you know, the topic of crypto and blockchain is so sexy, but they don't have the, the, the fucking skills of running a company. Right. They stand in these. And I see this on 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 actual like closing calls all the time. When I talk to super analytical engineer minded people like they're they're so like not entrepreneurially minded that they get in their own way and literally like cause their own destruction. So I mean, and and. It's one of two things that really could happen. They either need a partner, they either need to elevate their skill and change their mindset to think like a business owner, or they need a partner with somebody that already understands marketing and business and stuff so they can just stay in their lane and focus on blockchain. But I don't feel like a lot of people are doing that. So, you know, what do you think is going to happen to the, you think, you think a lot of those people are finally just going to get, just get crushed just because they don't have those skills? No. So I think that, so I think that it basically, I think that some will happen like that where they're going to get crushed and they don't have the skills. Uh, what, what we see right now in the crypto space is really interesting where, where the wealth, you know, like I think if it, let's compare it to the normal business world, the normal mm -hmm. business world, wealth is distributed among all of the companies and businesses, right? Individual. So it's like, you have one company that's doing 10 million, you have another company that's doing one. And then obviously the individuals inside that run those companies make the money. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Um, in the crypto space, it's very much the opposite where, where all the money gets extracted to one individual. Right. So you have individually wealthy people in, in crypto where they got their wealth from investing in a project, something they believed in, different things like that. So you have all these individuals with wealth, but they may not necessarily have the business to go with it. Right. So so it will need to be partnerships and people that, that do partner that have money right now will be the ones that keep their money and continue to grow. The other ones will will waste their money because it's, got, it's kind of like the dot com era. Right. Where people were like, oh, here's a website for 50 grand. It's like, you know, that's that's essentially what's happening in crypto, where we have these developers going in and like, oh, I'll develop this project for you, but you know, you're gonna pay me five grand or six grand or even 10 grand a month to do this development costs and keep these up, you know. Well, and with the crypto market, I think what will be another thing that's gonna be interesting to see is the difference from this recession is you know, in every other recession, there wasn't money tied up in the crypto market, right? So people that already like dipped, it's not like they could profit from the crypto market, take it out, liquidate, and then go and capitalize off of the stock market, right? There's just no, I mean, what, what are they going to liquidate on? There's no really to kind of transfer that and take, and, 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 but there's like a large portion of capital that's in it, right? So that being tied in and not even be able to liquidate for cash because it's just impossible. And then down that cash is just, I don't know, like not going to come back into the economy. So I'd be interested to see what happens with that because- yeah. So, so I think it's really, to your point right there, I, yes and no, again, right? Because, because what you can do is obviously there, there is a, there, there's a certain coin in crypto called the USDC coin, right? Which is, which is pegged to the dollar. It's one to one. 
Um, what you can do is you can come up with clever ways to come up with USDC um, in crypto, if that makes sense. So that could be, you know, you, you buy some income generating assets that, that make a certain kind of crypto, and then you convert that to USDC and then, and then actualize those gains. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so what, that's what people do in crypto right now is that is they, you know, they may not necessarily have a lot of capital tied up, but that capital is tied up into income generating assets which then gets them the USDC, which they claim from the market, but leave all their capital in. Yeah. Kind of like loaning against themselves. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now it's actually, I'm, I'm, I know we were talking about this before Wally of uh, kind of doing like margin loans and stuff like that. I kind of want to, now that everything's going down, I want to double down even more on the, uh, on the investment funds just so I can, you know, get a bigger bang for the buck when it goes back up again. And then margin loan the next three to four years when the market kind of, uh, self-corrects. So that that's also a good opportunity um, there as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I think this would be a good pivot into, since we're talking about people with the, the skills win. And right now with entrepreneurs who are doing things like selling courses, right? And I was having a conversation with Wally Fung about this. And it's so funny because if you, if you look on social media, there's kind of there's two types of people, right? There's the ones who are always about kind of like lifestyle and travel and look, here's all the money I'm making and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, if you want to have these skills they're kind of capitalizing on telling people to invest into skills. Right. Um, but what's interesting is the people who are actually making money, right? Like if you think of people like Alex Hamozzi and Patrick, Bet David, how many times a day do you ever see Patrick, Bet David and Alex Hamozzi do a post talking about how much money they just made that day? Or where are they traveling to next and how amazing never, the lifestyle is, right? Never, you'll never like, see it. Z- zero, right? They, they don't have to because they actually make money. And so I think what's interesting is that people are, especially, I'm, I'm sure it'll, it'll, it'll happen more because of the recession. Um, people kind of, you know, sh- want to reach out there to make money and, and, and sell knowledge. Um, they're just going to, to like, hey, let's create all these courses and let's just brag about what we're doing. And the reason why they're bragging is because they want you to buy their shit. I mean, let's be honest. And uh, this individual who, I mean, it's just, uh, I had gotten a friend request, I think probably a month ago. I don't even know who this person is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the name on, on the podcast. I'm not here to, to, to mean their, their brand. I don't know them personally, but I just only know from outside looking in um, the stories, the talking about it, the screenshots and the course after course. And he, he did a post on social media saying how, um, oh yeah, you should have a you know, multitude of offers. And, you know, which Alex Ramosi, by the way, says that's a stupid idea. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I'm going to listen to the guy making a hundred million or the person that's bragging about making, uh, you know, a thousand and $2,000 and traveling, right. I'm listen to the fucking hundred million. Right? Um, but have all this multitude of offers, low ticket, high ticket, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, because having one offer is just boring. So this person said it was boring. And, um, you know, people like uh, Dan Henry had actually went on and commented and was like, you know, as someone who's made $30 million, I've tried every single way. And I can tell you this is 100% false, right? Most people who just can't, they just suck at closing high ticket and they just can't actually focus on having one offer. Well, I think the benefit of this going into the recession is kind of like to y'all's point where the skills are going to matter. Now I, I'm, I'm hoping, right, that people who buy from people like this individual will start to see that, hey, they don't actually have the skills and that these people who are just kind of selling for the sake of selling get kind of you know wiped out and find an alternative method because they're not really elevating their skills. So, And uh, let's, I'm gonna hop in real quick, Dylan, just to add to this, because I think it's, it's for, for me, this is really interesting because 
what, what's happening right now in terms of like the marketing is, is basically that whole of, of the idea of skills again, right? So yeah. you remember back the, the pandemic broke out in 2020, right? Well, a lot of people on this call, like they don't know, well, they, they, they know that I worked with Jason Capital. They don't know when and, and what capacity and where I went into the market overall, if that makes sense. So, so I went in like literally, like there was like one week that COVID was announced. I was in JC's company immediately afterwards, right? Um, and so, and so I'll tell you that the difference between like when I joined and like, like in terms of sales for that specific month, we did like five X in uh, of our, of our sales for that month that we had like prior, if that makes sense. So I think, I think that month, well, the first month I joined, we cleared like, I think it was like 750,000 between, between two, two teams, right? Like, like six people. It was crazy. Like just a ridiculous amount of, of profit and things to be made there. Um, and so the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is because the, the psychology back then was, oh shit, you know, COVID happened. Everybody's stuck at home. We've got to, we've got to figure out how to work from home and use our skills. Right. And we're basically reliving through that again, but it's, but it's a different variety, right? It's no longer, it's, it's, oh shit, it's recession. We just went through COVID, a bunch of people lost their jobs, but then now I've got to figure out how to do it again. Um, now the, the, the most interesting component, I think that that's different than during COVID times is that you know, during COVID times, people were forced to do something out of, because it was necessary, right? They were forced to, to, they had to go do that. Like this new medium, they're forced into new things. Whereas now we, these are just the norm now, right? All these mediums, all the channels are now open. Um, and we have a lot of more people that are like, mm, they want to work on their passion and they want to work on things that they want to work on. Like, you know, things that kind of drive them and, and they're not necessarily as concerned about the money component, right? So I think that that's really interesting in terms of the new market today, what we're experiencing now. And obviously that's shaping what, what I'm doing in terms of my marketing and my new offers that are going to be coming out. Um, yeah. And when you guys killed it too, during right, right during that first month of COVID, y'all were like focused on just like one offer, right? Right. Yeah. Was focus. One, o- yeah. One offer. And it was, it was a skills yeah. offer and it, it, dude, it just obliterated. Like it was just, yeah. it was just a fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> timing knowing, but, but that's, but that's also understanding the market. Right. Cause that was a good pivotal point of having an offer to serve people who were literally just like lost their job and has no choice, but to get into the internet world. So that's, that's like called capitalizing on actual opportunity. Right. For, for sure. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons every time there's a, there's a market shift. And we talked about that on the show, right? Like, you know, Lowe's and home Depot made a shit ton of money during COVID. Right. Everyone was fucking at home doing gardening and they, you know, ex- huge explosive growth, right? Probably board of directors just sitting there being like, oh my gosh. <laughs> or, or if you're a conspiracy theorist, the, the, the board of directors who got together with the other board of directors who created COVID, <laughs> right? To make all this happen are like, it worked, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're making so much money. This is a genius idea. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm not saying or confirming nor denying whether we, we agree with that here on the show. That was just, uh, uh we're, know, not input, input. <laughs> we're not conspiracy theorists. We're just connect the dots type people. Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a really good kind of, um, input of, of understanding the market really kind of, uh, elevating the skills. And so what, what, what else, was there anything else in particular that you guys have kind of seen, um, you know, maybe for like conversations that you you've had with other people recently that kind of made it made the the recession topic kind of spark into your head of what you guys are seeing doing people are doing that that could be a mistake right now. Uh, yeah, actually, um, definitely going out and just listening to the market, right? Like we do a lot of networking, right? We talk to a lot of different people, and people are definitely concerned. 
right? And then a lot of the things is that they don't they don't feel like they're they're up to uh, up to the par to be able to, to like maybe survive this, you know. And so mm-hmm. really, it's just about make sure that they're, they you give that support to them, right? Like go out and build relationships with some people because during this rece- recession, right? Like you want to be able to like have like a tight knit of people then um, that you can kind of grow with because in the next two three years, right? If you're just, it's one thing to like just build your skills by yourself too, right? But then like go and talk to other people who are also building their skills and cultivate those relationships with them because then that, then you're going to create this like trifecta for yourself of like now you have skills, relationship, and you have your business. And then now when you're ready to like launch everything, you already have all the resources available. You have the skills to pull it off and execute. You have the relationships in order to talk to people and maybe get some other like resources or hire in or, or outsource to those types of things right and then um then that'll that'll spur you off on your own branding and so to speak right like work on your communication skills work on your your skill like work on all skills essentially communicating and like technical skills because that's ultimately what's going to make you recession proof anyway the skills that you have the way you communicate the way you speak the way you write and the way you fulfill things like you'll be golden every day yeah and and and, and i think the key word of what you what you said there that's very interesting that I know that goes to people's minds is you said uh, survive this, right? And I think in in a lot of the most successful business owners that you know I follow talk about this all the time of how like our brain goes straight to quote unquote survival mode, but in reality, but it's interesting when you say it out loud, it's like okay, I'm not going to die from this. Yep. Right. We say we want to survive, but like, and, and, you know, we go into defense mode and we make horrible decisions, but at the end of the day, especially in this country, right. We're not in a country to where like, if you lost everything, like you're screwed, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, you know, you're not going to, even if you had to go and live on the streets, right. You know, everyone here knows through your contacts, through your friends, through your family, there's probably a route you can go to where you had to go in worst case scenario, go live with somebody, you know, get back up on your feet. Like you will survive. Like you're not going to die. And, but we're, but the reality of what it is, is that people don't want to hear when they say survive is they just don't want to lose the lifestyle or what they have now. I mean, let's be honest, right. That that's, that's uncomfortable if the, you know, it's a pride thing. What if I have to downgrade, right? What if I have to go and, and, you know, if I have a five bedroom house and I lose the house and then, oh my gosh, I got to go live in a two bedroom or one bedroom apartment. That's in reality, that's what it is. Right. And, and, and again, but I really think that in that case, it's a blessing in disguise because when you, while you're learning skills now, all of a sudden, you know, people who are like, well, I don't know how to cut my expenses. Right. Well, good. You just slash your expenses by, by 75%. Right. Now you're you're, forced to, you're yeah, forced to cut your expenses. While elevating your skills. And then next thing you know, you're making all this money with less expenses and people, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, this isn't, this is amazing, but it never would have happened if you weren't forced into it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, I think, I think that people have to be put into an, an extreme. Like, I don't agree. I've, I've thought about this very, very hard and long term. And I know people talk about it. Warren Buffett talks about it. Um, I think Hermosi talked about it too. And, and I actually disagree with this of how you can learn from other people's mistakes. Right. Someone else makes a mistake to talk about it. I truly believe that no one's going to learn from the mistake unless they do it from themselves. Like, I, I think that people actually have to, through human nature, go through and put their hand on the fucking stovetop and ow and be like, holy shit, they were right. I probably shouldn't have done that. Right. They, they have to actually go and experience and feel that pain as humans or be forced into something for change because through, through human nature, procrastinating and, you know, being stubborn. Um, 
pain, I think just pain sparks change. I, I just, I truly do. And, you know, being told something, right. Like, you know, maybe, maybe how many times you guys heard from entrepreneurs saying stuff like, you know, Oh, you don't need the Lamborghinis and blah, blah, blah. I got one. I wasn't happy and yada, yada. And all these young people are like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And then they're going to still go and fucking do it and experience it and be like, okay, well, that was a waste of money. Right. Like it's going to happen. Um, but I mean, what, what, what's y'all's take on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in for a second. So I think it's based on your relative experience, right? And I think that like, um, I think that there's a lot of people that have an aversion to to struggle. Not to say that you have to struggle, right? I'm not like there. There is plenty of scenarios and futures and people I've talked to that they have they never got the struggle. They got right to success, you know, and, and they had to work hard a little bit, right? Um, but I think that just that idea of, 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 of being okay with being a blank slate or like, you know, having to start over, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm totally okay with that, with that reality, even, you know, I don't want it to happen. Right. But I know that, I know that if that were to happen and I lose all my money for some reason, everything goes to shit that like, that like I will, I'm equipped and ready to, to handle that, if that makes sense. And I don't know if a lot of people are in that place where, where they, they would know what to do or they feel confident in their skills that they could come out of it. You know what I mean? Look, look, look at Conor McGregor when he was, when he was hungry, when he was on the rise, when he was fucking broke, you know, he was a savage. He was in the right mindset. And then once he blew up and had all the money and fame and, you know, his business and stuff and he on fight, he just kept getting his ass whipped. Right. And then, you know, Joe Rogan talks about it is dude's not fucking hungry anymore. Right. You lose that, you lose that itch. And the people that he's stepping into the ring with that are where he was that won it so fucking badly, uh, because you know, they have nothing to lose, whereas he has everything, right? Fucking kicked his ass. So it's there's gotta be something to it. And which which also begs the question during peak times, how can somebody which I, you know, none of us are gonna know the answer to this, but like what do you do whenever you're you're at that level of success? Like, how do you stay in the right mindset to keep yourself hungry, but also humble and not backtrack and knowing that people are going to catch you. I think about like, when, when you say that, I think immediately of, of obviously JC or like, you know, any of my mentors. Um, and literally it's funny. Cause I, I'll, I'll just use JC as an example. Like he's, he's kind of in the process of revamping and going on his next evolution as well. And, and it came from, you know, reference, right. You know, he, he encountered somebody that, you know, that he met in person, I'm sure. And then, you know, they were doing something or they were impacting the world in a way that he wished that he wanted to. So that kind of like made him hungry again to like kind of kind of pursue those efforts. And I think that I think that that's like the natural part of humanness where like we, we need we need to experience other people who are either doing things better than us or, you know, or or just kind of crushing it, just basically like doing the things that we want to do. And that intrinsically motivates us to continue on. I don't think that's always going to work, though. I think that you might acquire a certain level of wealth where where it doesn't matter anymore. Um, and then it's just based on you as a person, right? Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. Elon Musk, like he's going to be doing Elon Musk stuff forever. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter how much money he makes. <laughs> well, yeah. it's also being aware of those levels, but go ahead, Fung. Yeah. So I'll kind of piggyback a little bit off of like what Wally is saying. Um, and then what you're saying as well too, right? Like, how do you, how, how do you like embody that? So the example I'll use is actually Wally and I in this scenario, right? Um, for, for people who are listening and watching, Back in 2020, uh, during the middle of the pandemic, Wally and I actually built a, a, a Forex trading company with a couple of, with, you know, a, an individual who we thought was like a really good close friend of ours, right? And at the end of 2020, they ended up doing a rug pull, right? And so we had about, what, 4,500 subscribers inside that 
community and we had over like 2k people that were actively engaged in like a private facebook group and things like that so we were on our way to like creating this like cool company and concept and people were getting crazy results and things like that and then all of a sudden got side swapped right bitcoin hit 52k person ended up taking all the money and running right and so i remember sitting there with wally going like um well, this is bullshit. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is, this is stupid. And I had, I, for a moment there, right. For about, about two and a half weeks, I was really struggling. I just couldn't figure out what it was that, you know, that went wrong. Right. And I was like, holy crap. Like this is, I can't believe this happened. And then uh, we spent most of 2021 last year making apologies to people on that thing that happened. And then I remember turning to Wally and going, you know what? We do it again. <laughs> except we do it for ourselves this time instead of doing it for other people because essentially we already developed the skills and the, the knowledge on how to like properly do it um and you the just character right i mean when you go out of your way character. to say like hey you know even when it's not your fault right we're so sorry that this happens you know blah 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 like people remember that in terms of having integrity and having having character so the market will, will always appreciate that yep, you know yep. the scumbags scumbags will never do that period exactly that's how you know right. a scumbag <laughs> easiest way to find a scumbag yeah. um but it, in in the book um you know i'm listening to the audiobook of uh the psychology of money and the, you know they they talk about this and bring up a really good point and they're talk about how you guys know like the movie the big short right when they when the big short happened um and there's one individual who actually bet on the market and um i mean just like i mean like this like in a day had like three or four billion dollars Right. Just got got literally got lucky, bet bet on short in the market and was right place, right time. And, you know, and that the person who was uh, at the top of like one of these funds um, that actually worked in the uh, Wall Street, um, you know, lost everything. Right. And everything down and went out was kind of like just kind of like stunned and, and paralyzed, was in shock. And they never heard from the individual again. Right. Basically saying that, like, hey, he went off somewhere and off himself. Right. So had everything you know, lost it because the market tanked. And then, but what's interesting is a person that shorted the market that was on, on, on high and had no skills, right? No skills, um, you know, years later, decade later, guess what? Lost everything because it had no skills. Like literally made all the money and stuff. And what do you think they're going to do? They're going to go on, they're going to splurge, they're going to buy a house for their family, they're going to do this and go do that. And, um, you know, and everyone else was in the position uh, of those companies ended up getting right back up again. And this person who made a big bet, won, lost everything and, and also ended up offing himself. Um, but what's fascinating in the book that it brings up a good point is being present in the moment, being happy when it comes to wealth is that like, the top people like in sports you know, the average income of the baseball player makes, I think, I think they talked about one that does like, um, I think like $500,000 a year. And when you have 500 K a year is, you know, it's the top percent of income. Right. But if they go and they compare themselves to the top 1% of a specific players, right. So they're making good money. But if they look at this player who is making, you know, three plus million yes. a year for a yes. specific yes. team, now they're like, well, oh shit. Right now. So they go from like, I make good money. I'm happy. And then they, they understand, okay, well, here's the potential. Right. And they're like, okay. But then that person who has that potential knows of somebody else that maybe owns the organization that's making like billions. It's like, Oh, wait a second. You know, I'm a fucking player. This guy owns the organization. He's making billions. Right. And then that person who's making billions knows like Elon Musk, you know, all these people are, are, are doing things. Right. So it kind of talks about how like people will fall into the trap of comparing themselves 
to like other people and stuff rather than just being like, okay, I'm good. I'm financially free. Like I make, I make, I make enough money. Like I don't have to have any change. And I think the hardest thing for people to do is separate themselves from that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like once that awareness happens, it truly eats you up and makes you want to go for them to the next level. Right. And, and not be content. And it's just kind of an argument of like, do you just not stay content and do you grow or do you just kind of be in the moment? And you know, Hermosi talks about that now. He knows that when he's older in his 70s and 80s, uh, you know, he's he knows that he it, would he truly give up all of his money to be young again? The answer is yes. You know, he would give up every every penny to go back to the age that he is now, right? But you know, the age now he wants to get to the success rate, which is kind of this conundrum of okay, well, I'm young now, so why the fuck am I not enjoying it? Um, so what, what's y'all's take on that? Yeah, I so I I I'm a believer of the, the full life experience. That's what I call it. Right. So I think that, I think that, you know, you, in terms of getting that experience, you should, you should definitely use your money while you're young. You should definitely try to become wealthy when you're young so that you can enjoy it for, for the time in which, you know, for your life, right. Maybe with your partner or, you know, you want to take vacations, you want to travel, you know, do whatever. And I think that it's very achievable for you to do those things. Um, I think that there's, plenty of resources and everything available for you to equip yourself to put yourself in that position. Um, I just think it's a matter of if you're willing to put the work in, if not. Uh, Patrick Bed David talked about this in the recession, in his recession video, but it's like, basically, he's like, the people that are, that are willing to work right now are going to be the ones that, that are going to put themselves in the best position. Um, and so I, I, I'm, so to that dichotomy, I think that the keeping up with the Joneses is probably part of it where it's like, oh, well, you know, oh, I'm, I'm Wally, but you know, this millionaire makes more money than me. So I want to be, I want to have that. And then it's like, you kind of like step staircase up the Joneses. Um, I think for you, me personally, you just have to figure out what the number is, what, what number for you is it going to make you happy? You know what I mean? In environment. Like, right. Cause I, I think like, like right now in the neighborhood I live in, right. If all of a sudden I bought, you know, let's say I upgraded my house to two stories, I would literally be the only house in the neighborhood with two stories I could have a big garage. Maybe I can have like an, uh, an Audi I8, right? So in the ecosystem of where I live currently, I'd be like, oh man, <laughs> I'm above everybody else, right? right? But the moment I decide to upgrade, be like, oh, let's get this one. Let's get a nicer house and go live on a, a narrow block. And then you realize you're like, oh shit, now I'm the scrub on the street, right? Yep, 100%. So yeah, I've got, I've got the smallest house on the street. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Home. yeah, now you're like, oh shit, is it, you're right? So it's like, it's like, do you either have to decide you know, what character traits do you have? Are you the type that just like, I can't, I can't be on the street and look like the scrub everywhere or, you know, or just stay where you are knowing that you're, you know, cool. I'm happy. I'm content. I have everything I need. I don't need to be made aware of the level <laughs> that I'm at. Uh, yep. That, that could be a factor that helps. True. No, I, I definitely agree with that too, where it's like, it's like, you can kind of put the blinders up and, and you can like choose to ignore some of this stuff for sure. Like for, so for me, like I, I, I definitely see the value of, of having like just absurd amounts of money. Mm -hmm. Um, but my first landmark is not, is not like the absurd amount, right? The first landmark is, is enough money invested that I live a very nice lifestyle with off my interest investments, right? Like that's, that to me is like the first level where you have, you've completely overcome financial issues. Yeah. It's like, you got, you know, you've, you've made enough money, you've got enough money invested, you're leveraged the right way. And these things continue to grow and you've got more money than you know what to do with for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I think once you're at that point, you're going to make that decision of, of, Hey, do I want to, do I want more impact? Right. Maybe I should go speaking and like, you know, starting to do things like that. I feel mm -hmm. like that, like, that's like kind of the sequential steps. 
um, a lot of people focus on impact at the very beginning, which I think is cool, but I don't, I'm not necessarily focused on that. I'm, I'm focused on, okay, like, like how do I get to this first target? And then I'll worry about like the impact that I'm going to put a, like in the world a hundred percent, um, because you have to take care of yourself before you can really like deliver and, and really, um, you know, take care of other people. And I think that not, not to say that I'm self-interested, but, but obviously I am, but it's just more about like, like having that, having that mindset will actually attract the things that you want to you. Right. Yep. I, I'll pick, piggyback off of Wally on that. It's uh, it, I mean, there's a common phrase essentially that's being said, right. It's, it, you would rather be, you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. Right. And so you should be in these times, like selfishly building the things that you want for, you know, build your skills, build the, the reputation that you want and those types of things, acquire the income, right? Like, I mean, acquire that number, you know, to Wally's point, like, like fixating your brain on a specific number on where you're trying to achieve is important. You know, a lot of these, uh, especially in our world, right? You got people who are like, oh, I would love a $10 million company. You know, I would love to, I would love to be a CEO of a hundred million dollar company and you know, manage this uh, whole type of team. It's like, do you really? You know, like be realistic with, you know, be real, realistic with your dreams and what you're trying to achieve and stuff like that, because, you know, uh, we know we, we know people that are, you know, that are trying to build a hundred million dollar company, but at the same time, their mindset and the way they're living their life doesn't reflect that. Right. Like they're, they're going to be digging, they're going to be spending their money more than they would just to keep up with the lifestyle versus just hitting that number and then creating this self-sustainable ecosystem for yourself. And then you're allowed to pivot and go into other things. For sure. Yeah. I mean, understanding what kind of lifestyle you want to, uh, that's in coordination with your goals as well. Right. Cause if you're going to build a hundred million dollar company, I mean, you gotta, there's so much management, yep. you know, the energy it takes to build a massive team to that size is it may not correlate with what they want, but I mean, so for, for your goal, Wally, right. Obviously you want, kind of have that just money kind of stacked and coming in and that that freedom but when you say that is that to where you want to be able to like you know us all go on like trips and stuff maybe we're going to vegas maybe we're going traveling and whatever and like just be in the moment or do you still see yourself wanting to you know be on the go travel and still have to like do meetings and you know manage like your companies and all that stuff like which which kind of route do you see it right. busy right. active right. or just like i just want to fucking do what I want. Um, no, nah, so I, I always think that work is going to be a part of my life. I'm never going to be able to put that. I just love marketing, writing. I just, I just love the shit so much. There's no way that I would stop. So I, I, I think in some capacity, I'll always be running meetings and different things like that. I think that uh, my goal is to, is to uh, develop my skills and develop my people to the point to where I have like full confidence that if I wanted to leave and go do that, like, I don't have to be there. You know what I mean? And I think that that is, I think that that's where I want to be, where it's, where I've developed the, the team, the system and the business. It, it is mostly automated already. And I can just come in and, you know, I can come in when I want to be there or not focus on direction things um, and that kind of business. And so to that point, yes, I want to be able to do both. I want to be able to decide, Hey, I, I've got meetings today. I want to do them or great. Like I want to, me and the boys want to go hang out on, in Vegas for five days like, let's do it. Right. Like, I don't care. Like, let you know, but I want to, I want to have that flexibility to make that option. You just want options. That's all people want. They just want options. Right. That's why like, anybody if I want to work, I'll work. If I don't want to work, I don't want to work, but I want to have options for both. I want to be able to work when I want to work and then not work when yeah. I want to. Yeah. And I, I want to be, and I, to, in order to have that, you have to have that, that certain confidence in the people that are leading, you know, your organizations. Right. 
And so mm-hmm. I think that a lot of that comes into the, the character building and picking the right people and, and different things like Healthy that. Skills. Yep. Yep. And so, so obviously, you know, uh, you know, step one for me was, is more of like, okay, I've done a lot of marketing for other businesses. Now I'm looking at, okay, what's the right offer for me and how do I scale that? Then once I have built that offer and that business is running the way I want, then it's like right person in place, make sure they're compensated well, have them help me run the business and then start then time leveraging myself so that I don't have to be there all the time. Boom. Another key knowledge boner moment here for the show, right? So Fung, go ahead and recap. What are the biggest takeaways from today's episode? Bring it home. Man, the biggest, biggest takeaway for, for this episode in general, right? Like the only way you're going to become recession proof is that you need to develop your personal technical skills, your hard skills to, to generate income, develop your social skills and communication. So that way you're able to, when you're wanting to scale and you're wanting to build the thing that you want to build, you're able to communicate that effectively because your skill set shows it. Right. And then invest, right. Invest in yourself and invest into people right invest into things that you know are going to work like study and develop the skills right i think those honestly that's the main takeaway from all of this the only way you can make become recession proof pandemic proof or any type of proof is your skills and your skills to deliver your skills to actually fulfill and then um the, i guess the other point being that you know your character right develop your character develop your skills and you'll become recession proof ultimately Yep. The biggest way to become recession proof is to hit the like button, subscribe to Dylan Starr's <laughs> channel, and make sure you guys follow the podcast and leave a five-star review. If you do that, you are a hundred percent guaranteed to be recession proof in anything and everything that you do. So if you guys are enjoying the podcast, make sure you guys show us some love on uh, Spotify, Apple, leave us a review, give us some five stars, share it with your friends and uh, tell us how much you love us in the comments. If you're, you're catching it on YouTube, but, um, as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Fung, for the amazing recap. Thank you, Wally, for uh, sharing the gold nuggets and uh, coming up with an amazing topic for today. I hope everyone has a fantastic week, and we will catch you guys next week for another episode of the Knowledge Boner Experience. See you guys. Peace. Thanks. Peace.